Thanks for tuning in to The Real Deal Show, brought to you by ebodyboarding.com and Triboards. On today's episode... <laughs> I'd look at him and he'd look at me and it's like, oh, you're, you know, aren't you supposed to be in school? And he was looking at me like, aren't you supposed to be in school? And the lifeguards <laughs> are asking us, aren't you kids supposed to be in school? Hey everybody, Jay Real back at you with the Real Deal Show. Is that too much enthusiasm? Yeah, Jamie? tone it down just a little a too heavy. <laughs> <laughs> it's late in the <laughs> afternoon here on a smoking hot April Thursday. It's like a hundred degrees outside, it's right? Very today warm. it's eighty at the beach. Yeah, so yeah. all those of you in cold places, you can hate us all yeah. you want. But this is. That's why we pay the big bucks. This is why we get the big bucks. This is why we live in Southern California. So the Real Deal Show back again, and I have a friend of mine here with you who you may recognize. Um, If you don't, I will just tell you that he is one of the longest running, well, I want to say the the first professional bodyboarder a lot of people have said. We'll get into that in a minute. You can rebut that or confirm it. Okay. This man has an illustrious, long, and storied history, like all those words. Yeah. In the well, sport, I don't know what they mean. In the sport of bodyboarding. <laughs> he is a legend in the yeah. sport. His name is J.P. Patterson. What's up, J.P.? What's up, J.P.? Right on. Oh, sorry, the mic got yeah, in the way there. You got all this technology all over me, man. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like I'm being interrogated. So J.P. has been on... I didn't on, do it! He didn't do it. <laughs> J.P. and I have been on other... Um, podcast separately, but JP's life story has been out there on magazine articles, other podcasts. I think Manny interviewed you quite extensively. I listened to that one and that's Manny Vargas with the uh, Bug Life podcast. Um, So we, you know, we know a lot of your life story, but maybe my listeners don't. Um, You've had a long career in bodyboarding but yeah it all started where where were you born and raised uh it started at kapilani hospital uh, back uh in 1959 in honolulu hawaii 59 Uh, so you were born in hawaii i was born in hawaii uh actually my birth certificate says territory of hawaii oh wow that's before uh, it was a state youngins out there look it up it was before it was a state and um yeah it was back during the ice age we were riding dinosaurs (laughs) and it was rather dangerous yeah yeah The stegosaurus has all those spikes yeah, on their back. Yeah, you know, we didn't have stegosauruses in Hawaii. <laughs> we had, <laughs> they we had the triceratops. Swim. I gotcha. Yeah, yeah. And so the pterodactyls <laughs> lived on the uh, the pulley lookout. They were dangerous. You had to look. You out. can see this is going to go yeah. for a while, yeah. but that's why. Jurassic Park was filmed in Hawaii. Exactly. They dinosaurs. didn't have far to go. They already had the DNA right there in the poop in the ground. And uh, yeah. At yeah. some point, we'll get to the bodyboarding content of this show. But uh, So JP, born in 1959 yep. in Hawaii. Did you grow up there? Did you ever yep. live anywhere else? Uh, Just on born Oahu? Born and raised on Oahu. Uh, went to Kainalu Elementary and then went to Kalaheo when it was junior high. And then I went to Castle High School and um, dropped out my senior year and uh, decided that I uh, wanted to go to the beach and instead of uh, <laughs> you know, what? go to school. What? So, uh, so yeah, like, hmm, do I want to go what? to the beach or do I want to go to school? That's a decision a yeah. lot of us have wrestled so, uh, with and still wrestle with yeah, to well, this day. I lost. Uh, well, <laughs> so. yeah. No, I still wrestle with that, and I'm 58 now. So yeah. my question to you, JP, is – I'm sorry, getting a little piece of hair off my mic sock. 
There we go. Where's that mic sock? Not from my head. I Where's can tell that you mic that. sock been there, yeah. Jay? <laughs> so, so, JP, um, growing up, I mean, were you into a lot of different sports? Were you into the arts? Like, what What was your uh, life like yeah. as a so, young lad um, growing up in Hawaii? As a young lad. A young lad. Uh, I grew up in Kailua, which was on the windward side. Yeah. And uh, not a lot of surf over there, but we were two blocks from the beach. Okay. Three blocks, about three blocks from the beach. Gotcha. And, um, you know, used to go to the beach all the time, was always around the ocean, had neighbors that would take me fishing and things like this. So we would, uh, you know, we, when you grow up in Hawaii, you, you're, you're, you know, you're surrounded by the ocean. The so ocean's you, your backyard. What? Yeah, you're going you're gonna to be in the ocean. So yep. um, used to do a lot of beachcombing. Um, you'd find the old Japanese floats, the glass balls. And, oh, wow. Um, you know, other things that would float it ashore and yeah. things like that. So, uh, yeah, but um, got into baseball for a time, was in T-ball and, and uh, played t you know, did that for a while, was in Boy Scouts for a time. Uh, actually about five, six years. And, um, yeah. So, uh, and then just kind of got into, uh, fishing and surfing okay. and then got into more into, into, actually into body surfing. I got into body surfing pretty, pretty heavily. Where would you go? Body Sandies surf? and, uh, okay. Makapu. And, um, and from Kaneohe, that's a long way to go. Yeah. And it would take about two hours on the bus or you hitchhike and hopefully it would be faster. So, uh, you know, but hitchhiking, you know, it rains in Hawaii, you get wet. Now, I got to ask you, how did you, how did you hitchhike? Show us. Well, it wasn't a problem. (laughs) What? (laughs) That was a setup. I set you up for that one, dude. We'll get into that Oh, you wanted me to show you my, your other thumb? thumb. (laughs) Well, this is the only one I got. Okay. Oh, you mean this? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're a funny guy. That's why I never got picked up. Funny guy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> We're going to get oh, into wait. details. What did you do? Oh, yeah. Okay. Liquid courage coming out from oh, JP. We're talk story. We're going to... I don't drink beer, man. You don't drink beer? No, I, I don't. Not beer. I don't, oh, I'm not a beer man. fan. Do you so mind if I... Go right ahead, man. Go right ahead. Sorry, it's been a long day. No, that's okay, I'm man. I'm parched, as you said. I it was d- very I totally, hot. It's hot, man. It's um. So, okay. So, you grew up... Kaneohe, you would hitchhike or catch rides to Sandy's and Makapu. Now... I know there was like a thing in Hawaii called Kill Howley Day. Kill Howley Day. That is, is a myth, sir. Is it that a myth? It is a racist comment. It <laughs> never happened. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it did. It uh, did. Happen. So Kill okay. Howley Day. Uh, yeah. So I was going to school back in the '60s and uh, and the mid '70s. And back then, they didn't have email and all this stuff where the teacher would send your report card, you know, oh, log on and get your report card off the internet. No. Oh, yeah. No, you had to go to school. Right. And they would hand you the report card. And then, uh, and your mom knew you were bringing it home. Mom and dad knew the days that it was coming home. Yeah. And uh, so you had, and and, uh, the last one, was on the last day of school, but but every quarter you you got your report card and you had to bring it back signed. Yep. So it, the teacher knew that you showed it to your parents. Yeah. And um, it was very dangerous back then. And uh, <laughs> so, but kill a holiday was the last day of school because everybody knew that you had to go to school to get your report oh. card. And so uh, it, it was kind of like your birthday where people get to punch you in the shoulder for right. your birthday. And, and most people would just punch you in the shoulder. But every once in a while, you get slapped in the back of the head. And wow. sometimes you get punched in the back of the head. And sometimes Whoa. you just get you get pushed from behind, knocked down. And, and, um, and depending on how fast you were, uh, you know, 
<laughs> so other stuff would happen. So you survived the kill Holly days at school. Well, yeah, I was fast. And <laughs> you're fast. It's right along the fastest. Which served you well. You eventually, obviously, you said you were in a body surfing Sandys and Makapu. Yep. And like, how did that morph into body boarding? So well, we're, we're in the late 70s yeah, now, I Yeah, so think, right? I started body surfing probably around 74, 75. Okay. And the body board was just starting to come on the scene. What kind of, were you wearing, what kind of fins did you Churchills. have? Churchills. Did you use um, like hand, uh, no, hand boards and stuff? No, I never really liked, I tried the hand boards. I never really liked them. And okay. actually I saw one time at Sandy Beach, they had this uh, hand board that was, uh, it was, um, what did they call it? The handgun. Yeah. And it was a right. big plastic molded thing I with remember. a hole in it you hung on to. And so I'm at Sandy's and I go, wow, that guy looks like he's got in trouble. And he had, ta- he had ridden the handboard and actually karate chopped himself in the oh forehead and just split his his forehead uh-huh. open. Oh, and um, so he, and it came, the, the handboard came on a leash. The oh, yeah. And so he's like this and uh, and the handboard's like, you know, blowing Dangling. around in the wind and stuff like this and just blood dripping everywhere. But he was okay. Whoa. But uh, it split his forehead open. You so know. you said, not for me. I well, not only that, but it was just kind of a you know, we were kind of into into just having you know doing the pure purest thing and uh, so just the minimalist through. kind of a thing, and I it just seemed better. You didn't you didn't have anything you know getting in your way, right? And was it was it just the green Churchills too that you the wore? Old green Churchill, really fans. soft, flexible super, Churchills, super flexible, yeah, yeah. Because you know Churchills were invented like in the twenties. Owen Churchill came yep. out with the the first ones, and then. Um, they were marketed to body surfers in the seventies. They first started marketing to body surfers and that's when that super soft green one came out. Yeah. Right. And then Kransko bought the brand in like 1979. Um, and then, you know, churned out the Makapu fin and the boogie fin eventually. And now the Makapu pro blah, blah, blah. The the history goes on, which is a kind of a, a connection back to you, which we'll get into later. But gotcha. so your body surfing, Sandy's Makapu, and then bodyboards came around in the bodyboards came around. Started seeing Jack Lindholm at Sandy's, okay. and we were friends. And uh, you know, we'd see each other, and and uh, and you know, <laughs> I'd look at him, and he'd look at me, and it's like, uh, you're, you know, aren't you supposed to be in school? And he was looking at me like, aren't you supposed to be in school? And the lifeguards <laughs> are asking us, aren't your kids supposed to be in school? And uh, so. Um, anyway, but but we struck it off. Plus, you know, we we shared the uh, the dis, you know the um, the love of the, riding waves and right? the love of Pacalolo. So uh. Uh, you know, we kind of <laughs> got into that. But um, so one day, uh, Jack Jack is I'd seen him on the bodyboard for I don't know a while, maybe a couple months. Yep. And he goes, JP, you got to try this. You got to try this. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. He goes, just try it, just try it. And he hands it to me. He goes, get go go. So I go out and first wave, that was it. I'm hooked. You wow. Know, you could go faster than body surfing. You could make sections that a body surfer couldn't make. Um, you could still pull in, you know, and, and get really tight into small barrels, you know, just like a, a like body. It was like body surfing only better. Yeah. You know, and this just, is back when bodyboards were real flexible and right. soft. I yeah. mean, they were like exercise mats, Oh, yeah. No, the, the, so the first ones were the glue togethers, you yeah. know, the kit boards. 
And that's what Jack had. Yeah. And uh, so it was super flimsy, super soft, but it had the vacuum track rail. And that's really all you needed. Yeah. And it just held you into the barrel so much better than body surfing. Plus, you had a planing surface and you were, you had flotation. So you could catch the wave better. You could you could go faster and you had plenty of control. So it was basically body surfing on steroids for you it at was, that point. It was Body surfing 2.0. Yeah. It's just a new, improved version of body surfing. Little, yeah. And, and so. did this all contribute to you dropping out of high school, your love well, of riding waves? I mean, or were your grades just not, so, not up to par? <laughs> <laughs> See all of the above. So uh, Castle High School, you know, it wasn't a whole lot of howlies back then at, at Castle. And um, so we... Uh, you know, it, it was intimidating. You know, yeah. I, I was like, you know, 98 pounds dripping wet as a junior. Yep. And uh, blonde hair down to my shoulders, yep. blue eyes. I stood out like a sore thumb. I bet. And so, uh, you know, the, the locals would, hey, holy, give me your money. Uh, and um, shake down. And so, you know, it was like, well, do I go to school, get shaked down? And, and the other thing, too, is the public school system in Hawaii wasn't so good. And... Um, and my mom was pretty good about, you know, making sure we knew math and spelling and, you know, the, the, uh, the essentials. Yeah. And, um, so, you know, I knew, I knew my times tables and stuff like that better than, than a lot of the, the guys. And the other thing I go to like math class and the other guys are like copying off my paper. Uh, so, yeah. you know, and, um, but they, they had a rule that if you miss more than, what was it? 10 days of unexcused absence in any semester, you got an automatic F. So within two weeks or three weeks, <laughs> you had an automatic F. And so if I'm getting an F, why should I keep going? Got you know, it. so uh, plus two, you know, there was a lot of camaraderie <laughs> around the ocean and um, and I got to know a lot of guys out there. And and it was nice, too, that it, it there, there's, there's like this um, rule in Hawaii. It's an unwritten rule. There's like a lot of unwritten rules in life. But um, whoever caught the biggest wave of the day got a little bit of respect. So right. uh, I would sit further out than anybody else and just wait. Because if I sit the lineup, I'm not going to – I'm going to get shut down anyway. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm the howling. You're going to so. be battling for waves. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and there, well, there's there still battle. Yeah, you just you know? get nothing. I, I'm, I'm like 100 it. pounds and he's 200 <laughs> pounds. Guess who's going to get the wave? So, uh, yeah. But, yeah. Um, you know, I would sit outside and just wait and wait and wait and wait and wait. And they'd, you know, they the guys would be going, hey, JP. You know, that's what a that's what a shocks is. That's what a shocks uh. is. How many shocks you see? Hey, JP, you see the whales, counting whales. You know, they, they'd heckle me a little bit. Yeah. But when the waves came, yeah, I was in you position the and they weren't. And uh, so then I'd, I'd uh, get a little bit of respect. Yep. And you do that over time. You know, you do it every day, every day, every day. And you show respect. You get a little respect and you kind of work your way up that way. So, yeah. uh, you know, and then, you know, I always had weed. So that, uh, that, that helped. Uh, that helped create friendships. Yeah, and, uh, smooth things so, uh, over. So, yeah. It was a two pronged effort to gain respect right. from the local brothers. Well, no, but it, and, and, you know, I know there's a lot of locals that may be watching this, and I have the utmost respect for, I, I wouldn't change anything in my yeah. life. I, seriously, and I wouldn't change that. Um, growing up in that environment, it just, it, that's how it was. Yeah. And so, um, it but, toughened you up and probably set you up for life, really it, a lot it, of life it, lessons. But it also, 
it teaches I thought I think it teaches everybody about respect and and yeah. uh, you know honoring somebody else's opinion and and respecting it and just trying to work with them and uh, yeah. go even though we don't think alike you know I can still catch a wave you can still catch a wave we can we can go have a beer and we can still get along yeah you know, even we come though, together on some right. things and and don't once, have to come together on the, everything the nice thing about it is once you did establish a, a, a you know um, a friendship with these guys I mean till you die yeah loyalty yeah. yeah so uh you know it's it's uh I, like I said I wouldn't change anything well now did you have a plan when you dropped out of high school? Did you think I'm going to get a job? Oh yeah, I, yeah. No, I had a plan. Were you, I had no, it all mapped out. Your parents oh, were yeah. so were they not stoked about this? Uh, well, thing, my folks or what? divorced when I was about ten. Got it. Um, and um, and um, I can say this now because my mom passed away a few years ago. But you know, we had a lot of there was a lot of alcoholism with my parents, and uh-huh. so uh, they kind of didn't know what was going on. Got it. And so, um, but. Uh, yeah, my plan. So I drop out of high school. I told one of my teachers uh, I was in drama in school too. And uh, who knew? <laughs> J.P. Patterson. That's back when he was known as John Patterson. Yeah, probably. No, well, that's that's uh, no. I was I was J.P. way back. So uh, hold on. Sidebar. Let's sidebar. get into a little sidebar ah, about the J.P. Go. thing. So he's known as J.P. Patterson in bodyboarding circles, but his middle name is Trent. Jonathan Trent Patterson. So John, John Trent, not Jonathan. Oh, not Jonathan. Not just Jonathan. John Trent Patterson. So people just abbreviated your first and last name, and then well, called you that as your first name. Just at the beach, people started calling me JP instead of instead of uh, John. Got it. And uh, actually, at Sandy's, there was there was a couple of Johns down there. And so the, if now that I think about it, to differentiate me out of the crew. Yeah, they threw the they, P. They started John, because they didn't know my middle name. Got it. And I didn't tell them. Okay, so, um, so now everyone knows. So everybody So goes. that's our sidebar. Okay, sidebar. back to the story. So we were talking about your plan. Oh, so uh, I was in drama. and in drama. And yep. uh, my drama teacher, I told him, I go, hey, man, you know. So when I finally dropped out, I would have had to take a full course of summer school, uh, a whole nother year oh, wow. of a full full class schedule, and then another full schedule the next summer. Whoa! To just get your to get diploma. enough credits to get my diploma. Got it. That's how much I love surfing. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> anyway, I uh, one of the teachers I really respected was my drama teacher, Mr. Ronald Bright. Great guy, uh, super philosopher, teacher, you know, great guy. Anyway, I told him, I said, listen, I'm not coming anymore. And he goes, well, what are you going to do? And I go, I'm going to be a professional body surfer and a professional boogie boarder. Before that even existed. And this is in, yeah, this is in 77. Oh, my gosh. Well, yeah, probably probably, uh, early 77, you know. So there wouldn't be a pro contest for another three years. Yeah. So, uh but that you were was ahead of your time. That was man. my plan, and uh, so I dropped out of high school. As soon as I was eighteen, I moved out to Hawaii Kai, and uh, I was actually running a printing press back then. Oh wow! And uh, and uh, for this guy, he had an electronics publishing business, and you could buy a, a kit on or a, 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 a 
you know, you like a mail order. There was thing. no, there was no Google back there, and there right. was no uh, YouTube on how to build a radio or how to build a. He, I mean, he had uh, uh, <clears throat> speed uh, indicator. Uh, um, Radar, yeah, like radar, radar for uh, for traffic. Uh, oh, wow. you've, you know, so you could speed and not get caught and things like this. Oh, you know, all kinds of a stuff. Jammer, like a, yeah. And you go, you yeah, take the plans and you go jammer. down to Radio Shack. You buy all the parts and you go home and you put it together. And uh, back when there was a Radio Shack, right? So uh, yeah, we're talking hundreds of years ago. <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, seems like it. Huh? I remember Radio Shack. Ah man, but uh, anyway, so then um, and then a, a guy I knew, Billy Lewin. Uh, I met him at Makapu. He was a body surfer and, uh, again, another purist, although he did have uh, small hand, uh, hand planes that yeah. he liked. And he, um, he said he was a pool cleaner and he's like, Hey, I could use some help. So he taught me how to clean pools, set me up and I started my own pool cleaning business. Oh, wow. Yeah. Which was great because you work usually the best thing about you're on it. Your own you, schedule. Yeah. You, 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 uh, you're self-employed. So. What was the name of the company? Well, his company, cool so him and his brother started a company with their friend called Blue Champagne Pool Service. And, nice. uh, I was JP's pools. Okay. And uh, so I worked for them uh, and I was subcontracted with them and they would pay me per pool to clean pools. Yeah. And then uh, and then I had my own uh, route that like I had picked up. Like a side business, yeah. yeah. And, um, but they had picked up some customers. Maybe you'd heard of them, Tom Selleck. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah wow. And uh, John Hillerman. Oh, yeah, sure. So John Higgins Hillerman, for show. those of you who don't know, look <clears> it up. <throat> But John Hiller, there was a show called Magnum P.I., the mm-hmm. original Magnum P.I. The original P. I. one. And Tom Selleck starred in it, and mm-hmm. John Hillerman played the British guy. Mm-hmm. And John Hillerman was renting a house out at Portlock Point, um, out by where Pat Caldwell, just down the yep. street from him, in Hawaii Kai. And a huge house, big yard, giant pool with a huge banyan tree holding, you know, uh, hanging over it. Wow. And it was, it, they, we called it the lake. Because it was, it took a long time to clean, and it was always really dirty from all the banyan tree leaves. Oh, so right. I'd walk into the yard, go grab a trash can, go down, and start <clears> cleaning <throat> the pool on Friday afternoon, and um, and he'd always come out with two Coors lights, and oh, nice. uh, and he'd hand me a Coors, and and because uh, he was near the islands, and he'd, yeah. hey, where should we go? I got some. He friends. wasn't really British. Was no, he? he was actually from Houston, if yeah. I remember right. And he did yeah, an he, impeccable British accent on but, that show. Uh, yeah, well, in Bridge Over River Kwai, he oh, was yeah. a British officer as well. Wow. But anyway, so I cleaned pools for a while, which was great because it allowed me to, to do the bodyboarding and then um, and then also, you know, have a source of income. Yeah. Because uh, wasn't, wasn't sponsored yet. Nobody, so, nobody yeah, let's talk money. about – let's get into that. So, you know, the, the word on the street in the sport when I started was JP was the first ever pro bodyboarder. Is that true? Well, so – Why is that – a lot of people say I that. won the first pro contest at <clears throat> Pipeline. Okay. So, um, which, by the way, was the Surecraft Coca-Cola that's right. contest in 1980. Yep. I know that because I saw pictures of it in Action Now magazine. Uh, yeah. Was Surecraft, it Action Now? Yeah, it was Action Now. Something and like Surecraft that. Yeah, yeah. made a board back then that was called the North Shore. Yep. And it had a built-in handle and like a, a hull bottom that Jack Lindholm Right. Came Help up with. design. No slick. This is before slick bottom, so it had a yeah. foam bottom. I actually got one. It was my second ever bodyboard was a North Shore Surecraft. Yep. Before they sold it off to Turbo and eventually Mori, I think Mori bought it. I think it. it went straight to Mori. 
and then they oh, yeah. they came out with the red edge because <clears throat> that was the uh, that was kind of like the Surecraft trademark was they had a red inner rail. Right. And, so um, yeah, there's pictures of Jack dropping on the old Surecraft oh, yeah. short, and then the the photos of that contest appeared. Pat doing a rollo, you getting yep. barrels, and you won. Yes. So you won that contest, and you won some prize money, right? A thousand bucks and a trip for two to Kauai. Wow. Did yeah, you take was... the trip? Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Who'd you bring? Uh, my current <laughs> wife. Okay. Vianne. Okay. <laughs> my first wife. Good. All right. Yep, He's yep. good. So, so yeah. But, all right. So um, that made you, by virtue of winning prize money. Right. People said, well, JP's the first guy to win money, 1980. Well, so did, on that day, so did uh, Pat Caldwell. He got second. And then um, uh, Jack got, I forgot what Jack, I think Jack got fourth. Joe Typel got uh, got third, if I remember right. Okay. Something like that. Anyway. All but right. there was, I think there was six of us in the final. So the yeah. six people became pro bodyboarders that day. So. But I, I to, just to jump in real yeah. quick. I'm not sure about this, but I know that Maury did a pro event in California around that time. Right. And I believe it was before. Okay. So you got to throw Keith Sasaki in there as one of the uh, first body pro bodyboarders as well. Okay. And I, I think Jack I th- was sponsored. Well, he was getting on the Maury product posters before 1980, right? But I don't you mean know if he's craft? getting paid. Well... No, I mean I have. Uh, I mean, oh, I th- on the Mori, yeah, on yeah, the Mori posters. Right. He was riding Mori boards at Pipe before Surecraft. Right. I don't know if he's getting paid though. Maybe yeah. they were just giving him free boards. I I don't know what so. the uh, what the business situation was. Uh, yeah. with Jack, but um, I thought he was. I knew he was with Mori for a time, and then I know he was with Surecraft for a time. Yeah, and um, and then he went back to Mori. At some point, or no, he went to no Wave Rebel. Wave Rebel, yeah, that's because right. that's of right. the product restriction at Pipe, which we'll get into. Maybe <laughs> we'll touch on that. We'll get into that. You people don't know what I'm talking about, yeah. but anyway. So okay, it was 1980. You were now technically a pro bodyboarder. You remember how much you won? How much uh, the prize money was? Yeah, for that it was a thousand dollars for thousand first bucks. place. Okay, and then uh, a trip for two to Kauai. Yep. And a, uh, I think you said that earlier. Yeah, sorry a, about uh, that. A free bodyboard. Okay. <laughs> free. And <laughs> the board was obviously a Surecraft yeah, North Shore. Yeah. Which came in one size. And one size. Probably one colorway. Uh, I think they had yellow and blue decks. Okay. It was either yellow or blue with a red inner rail. Because we all rode the same boards back then. There were no sizes, no, right. you know, different features, yeah. cores. It was just a PE core yep. that would you know, buckle basically after right. a short amount of time. Have you told your audience why the bodyboard was 42 inches wide? Or I have. Oh, I did okay. cover that in an earlier show, yeah, but right. just because in case you haven't watched, JP, so, uh, fill us in. Pac, uh, uh, Tom Morey made the board. It was longer, but he couldn't ship it. So UPS restrictions wouldn't allow him to go over a certain length. So he, he shortened the board so he could ship it. You know, That's so good, classic. Good business decision, you know? Yeah. It's like if you can't sell it, you're not going to make any money. It's so true. So and, don't and if, raise the bridge, lower the water, you know? Or, and, <laughs> and if you Google pictures of the first ever boogie that Tom built in 1971, you'll see that thing is yeah. like 48 inches long uh, or 54, something. I is think it 54? It yeah, so yeah. it's just 
you know, thank you to U.S. Postal Service for bringing the board length down well, to 42 yeah. inches. If I remember <laughs> right, the Postal Service wouldn't even touch it. Oh, UPS. wow. It had okay. to go UPS, not USPS. Thank you, United Parcel Service. Yeah, United Parcel <laughs> That's why we're – 42 was the benchmark, and then eventually, obviously, different size boards came into play. So you right. won the $1,000. You won Pipeline. What then? So then I thought, you know, I'll just sit by the phone and wait for all these sponsors to start calling me, begging me to ride for them. <laughs> well, after about a year, that didn't happen. And um, in Surfing Magazine, Sean Thompson had actually come out with an article, How to Be a, how to be a Pro Surfer. So I read that about 18 times. And uh, wow. like, okay, I got to go start going after some people. So um, I knew the uh, Quicksilver sales rep over there in Hawaii, Glen Moncada. And, uh, and he used to sponsor me with shorts and this and that and stuff. And so they, and then, uh, Scott Hawaii came on board and I started writing for Scott Hawaii and, um, and, uh, so I had Quicksilver, I had Scott Hawaii. Um, at some point I had the kind, I had, uh, I don't know, at one point I had like five or six, seven, you know, different, uh, different sponsors. And did uh, any of them pay? Were they, was yeah, I got a little, I'd get paid. a little money here and there and here and there, you know, um, uh, I'd get 500 bucks <clears> a month from, from Scott Hawaii. Um, Alita wetsuits would give me, I think a couple hundred bucks a month. Um, who else? Uh, uh, sex wax would give me all the sex wax I needed. Yeah. So they sent me a case. Like little, five yeah. Bars here's a, a year. Here's a case and, and four t-shirts. And right. Yeah. That would last me like half my career. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> you know, and then who else was, I'm trying to think of the bottom of my board. Uh, Lita Wetsuits, they were a great sponsor. They, yeah. they really helped out a lot. Anytime I needed travel or, you know, stuff like that, they pay my, my entry fees and Wayne things. Fran Brown. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. And then, uh, well, let's see. Who, uh, oh, Catch It, Catch It Clothing. Right. That yep. was back in the days of Gotcha and, and, uh, and, uh, yeah, the, yeah. Gotcha and Catch It. And then, um, Vision Streetwear. <laughs> I, I like was uh, sponsored by Vision Streetwear for a time. Oh, the yeah. Skateboard company. They were into bodyboards and they actually made a, uh, bodyboard called Pro Team and ah. Pat Caldwell rode for him for a time. Interesting. Yeah, and um, and they were the ones who spearheaded the video how to bodyboard with the pros. Right. And, okay. Uh, That's so good that you brought that. that up. Those were the how to bodyboard with the pros are now on YouTube. Somebody's posted them oh, on good. YouTube. Right on. They were as far as I know the first ever they bodyboarding were. videos. They were. Right? And yep. you were in them. I was hosting. With, I got hired to host. Yep. You were the host. And then there was Pat, Mike, yep. Jack. Yep. I called all my friends. I said, hey, in? we're doing a video. You guys want to join in? And, yeah. And we all met on the beach and, you know, everybody made a little bit of money and, and uh, we surfed and talked. And and who and, made those? Uh, the video? Yeah. Yeah. Like, who I, produced it? It was um, Vision Streetwear. Okay. And... Um, was there a guy named? Uh, it was um, um, Chris Rust, maybe. Does no, it, no. Uh, the owner was. Uh, now you're testing my memory big time. Brad. Brad Dorfman. Dorfman. There you go. Okay. And his production company, I believe, was Unreal. Yeah, Unreal. R e e l. Yeah, spelled yeah. correctly. Production. <laughs> yeah. That made up. <laughs> uh, and uh, so. Uh, yeah, we, we did that and, um, and that was fun. 
Yeah. And we did two of them. This um, is mid-80s, well, early yeah, 80s. Yeah, right? they were doing skateboard videos big time. Got it. And they were they were sending a crew to Hawaii to go uh, shoot, you know, some some plays, some spots over there. And um, they had Christian Hasoy and I forget all the all the writers that they had, yeah. but they had some pretty incredible writers. And, yeah, I was just um, watching a Tony Hawk documentary, and they, that whole era was covered on that thing yeah, last night. So. Yeah. yeah, so anyway, that's how that came about. Yeah, so... But, um, all right, so we've been going about a half an hour, JP. We're going to wrap this episode up right now. This is just part one. We're going to get into more of JP's story, including, this is a tease now, his encounter with one of the biggest waves anyone ever had to deal with at that time. This is the late 80s at Waimea Bay right. and his near-death experience. We will get into that in part two, but for now, JP, thanks for being with us. Part yeah, one, right. Real Deal Show, the JP Patterson interview will continue, folks. Thanks for tuning in. If you're watching on YouTube, give us the thumbs up and uh, throw in a comment there for JP. He'll read them. And if you're listening on the audio podcast, thank you very much. And uh, tune in for part two. That's it. We'll see you in the surf.